to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm welcoming Dr. Natasha. She is a clinical psychologist, life coach, and founder of Depth Equine Assisted Psychotherapy. She's an EGALIS certified equine assisted psychotherapist. Um, We'll explain what all that is, don't worry. And an assistant (laughs) clinical director at Stand in Balance, uh, a place where I now work. She's also a contributor on the book uh, Equine Assisted Mental Health. Health interventions, and she specializes in helping clients that have found themselves stuck or plateaued in their journey of healing and growth. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Natasha is usually more like my boss slash supervisor. So this is a really fun, like power dynamic role reversal here. Totally getting me in out of my comfort zone. So I love it. <laughs> okay. So for folks who don't know, uh, what are equines? Equines are horses and donkeys, so both are in the equine family. Horses and donkeys. Does that include mules, too? Yes, yes. Mules are a mix of horses and donkeys when they have lovely little babies. Okay, so why do we use uh, equines in therapy, and, and how do they help? That's a great question. Horses have been part of our history for centuries and centuries, And they have a unique ability to sense emotional currents around them. They are prey animals, we're predators. And so horses are incredible at tuning into their environment. And when we become part of their environment, they're exceptional at tuning into us. And Mm -hmm. they don't they don't tune into some of those external things, you know, us humans, we all have personas, which are that that mask we wear, they tune into what's on the inside. So our energy on the inside and they reflect that for us. And so it's an incredible way to literally look into the mirror. We call horses big biofeedback beings with a heart and a soul. (laughs) So they do reflect our internal world. And if, you know, for many of us, the little traumas and the big traumas of life, you know, we get disconnected from who we are on the insides. And so horses really bring us back to that. They bring us back to connection with that internal us, our authentic selves. And, you know, I love talk therapy and I think talk therapy is amazing and super beneficial, but there's a point where insight only goes so far. And so what we do with equine assisted psychotherapy is it's a treatment modality that uses activities and interactions with horses to help clients learn more about themselves others and the world. And in those interactions, in those activities, we learn more about ourselves and get back in connection with, like I said, that inner part. So there are several forms of equine assisted mental health modalities and therapies. Um, What we do is equine assisted psychotherapy, which is kind of an umbrella term for all the equine therapies and activities that concentrate on mental health issues. 
So there are, you know, awesome other modalities like what PATH does, which is uh, hippotherapy, which is riding for special needs and physical disabilities. Uh, but that's different than what we do. What we do is all on the ground and it's more about relationship, more about the interaction and connection with the equines, the horses and donkeys. And it's an experiential treatment method and it utilizes these activities and interactions with horses to help clients learn more about themselves, others, and the world. And why would we use equines for that? Like why not some other animal? (laughs) That's such a great question. We always talk about how horses, uh, you kind of have to earn their relationship, your relationship with them. So dogs are a little different dogs, you know, and I have three and I love them. They just want to hang out with you and love on you. And they're like, play with me, play with me, cuddle with me. Horses, you really have to earn that relationship. And that comes from this dynamic between prey and predator. Horses are prey animals like deer, cows, you know. And what if I'm, I mean, I'm not, uh, what if I'm a vegan or a vegetarian though? So that, Like I don't eat horses. <laughs> so that doesn't matter. Um, they care about what's on the inside. So that's what they, they just want to know, am I safe with you? Uh, are, are you going to have me for dinner? And I don't mean have me, have you over for dinner, but <laughs> <laughs> am I going to eat you? But also, I, eat also you? I know we tell this to our clients at, at the place where Natasha and I have worked at stand and balance is that evolution hasn't caught up with all of the like vegan vegetarian trends. Right. So like they still, they still see us as predator animals. Um, even if you aren't eating horse on a daily basis. Right. And, and I've had kids actually go, oh no, they're so big, they're going to eat me. I'm like, no, 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 they're vegan. It, it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's really that dynamic. You know, horses and donkeys um, are the only animals that, only prey animals that have connected with us predators in the way that they have over centuries and centuries. They you know, we, we connect with dogs. Those are predators. Cats are predators. So for a horse to accept us into their world, into, into a connection is super special. I mean, I always think about, imagine how, you know, back in the day when there were, when horses were part of our, uh, farming, agriculture, transportation, war, you know, to be able to get on a horse and go face cannons and guns, that relationship, that trust between the human and the horse is, is exceptional. I think sometimes when I think of the, like the old school relationship between human and horse, I imagine some people think it's one of um, like non-consensual yeah. uh, servi- servitude. Right. Um, and maybe for some, and in some like war scenarios it is, like you just train them until they kind of submit. Um, but how is how is equine assisted therapy different? Yes, that's a that's an awesome question. You know, I think there are many unfortunately there are many ways horses in our world are in those kinds of relationships where it's non-consensual and it's very fear-based. But mm-hmm. in equine assisted psychotherapy what we try to teach is it's all about relationship, about the foundation of trust and connection and what that means to invite another and to be invited into connection in a, in a safe way where both come to the table, so to speak. 
Mm. So how did you get into this? Like what interested you in, in including equines in your therapy practice? Oh, it's a, it's a long journey, but it started, I fell in love with, I was one of those crazy horse kids, um, that just loved, you know, my little pony rainbow bright since, you know, day one. So I was an avid equestrian. I, from riding my pony through the woods, which were some of my best childhood memories to later competing. And then as I got older and started, you know, going to college, I fell in love with psychology and human behavior and no, and as I studied psychology more and more, I just noticed how horses have helped me in my life over and over. And, you know, when I was getting through teenage years and all of those <laughs> challenges. Yes, yeah, so I resonate with that. I was in the same thing also into the horses and they definitely helped a lot. Yeah, how like, you know, the different things teenagers face. So I would, I kind of joked, I would get stable at the stable. That was, the horses were my best therapy. And, you know, then later when I was around 18, 19 and my parents divorced and my dad was struggling with addiction. Again, I found myself gravitating back to the horses for a way to just feel connected with myself, with nature, with them, and let those worries of the day just fall away. I couldn't think about anything other than what I was doing when I was with my horse and and riding. So it was those moments of just like, and grounding for me. And so- So it really helps with being, being mindful as well and really being in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And as I started graduating my master's program and figuring out what I wanted to do with my thesis, I went on a journey of like, okay, how are, how are horses helping people and how can I get involved in this? And, and that was the beginning of finding Stand and Balance and, and Dr. Val, my mentor, and we started building that program. It's been about 12 years now. So. And so what did you find in terms of how horses help humans? I mean, I'm hearing a little bit how it helped you. I know they've helped me, but like, what did your, what did your research find? You know, and I did more doctoral research on it too. And I think if I can put it simply, you know, traditional talk therapy is amazing and profound and wonderful. And I do that as well. But there's a point where, let's say you've talked about everything. You've found these great insights. You're like, okay, I know I have issues around trust. Um, I know know, I'm exploring my trauma. I get that these are my relational dynamics but things are really, keep doing it. Yeah. Things aren't really shifting in real time. It's and so coming out with the horses, that's where the experiential therapy really is magic. Because it's like, okay, how can we put these insights into action? And the arena becomes the arena of life, the arena with the horses and donkeys. What we see happening in the arena parallels life and relational dynamics. So you know, experience. And what helps? What helps shift it further when we get to really see it through experience versus just talking about it? Awesome question. So, it's it's that difference between just knowing something theoretically, like okay, mm-hmm. I know I have to do A, B, C to to reach X, Y, Z. But when we're actually in the arena with these instinctual beings, you have to put it into play. You have to put it into practice, and you see your you see your patterns and relational dynamics unfold in the different experiences and activities. 
You know, how am I approaching a horse? Do I feel rejected? You know, our, our inner world comes alive um, in these metaphoric moments in the arena. And so you get to see it. And sometimes it like slaps you in the face too, because you're like, (laughs) oh shit. Right. (laughs) Called out. It's super visceral. It's super visceral and it's very intense. um, And you see it right there. So then what we can do, the good news is, once you see, you know, the challenges, is you get to work on, okay, this isn't working in my life. How do I want to shift it to make it work better? and practice. And then you get to practice and practice. And the idea is we get to bridge what we're learning in the arena into our daily lives. So you might get, you know, for example, if trust is an, is a major issue with a lot of, you know, people that I've worked, um, that have had relational trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. so if trust is an issue and you're working on it and you're like, okay, I'm building trust with this incredible horse and we have this incredible relationship. By building that in the arena, then it leaves with you like muscle memory more and more. And you get to see it bridge into your daily life. Again, from theoretical insight to experiential embodied experience. Yeah, I'll give an example of one time where I saw that when I first started doing this work. And then I'd love to hear like some of the ways you've seen it help and some of the populations it can help. And obviously, I'm, I'm changing some details so that it's confidential. But um, yes. <laughs> at, at Sand and Balance, um, the place that, that, I, that I work at, you know, that Natasha's talking about, we have like rehab groups come in. And so one, one time we had this person come in um, as part of a group and something that they were struggling with they'd, they'd been there before um, as part of like a you know monthly visit um, and so something that they were struggling with in their life as a creative um, in in Hollywood is that they always felt like they weren't being liked or weren't mm-hmm. being remembered for their work or that people weren't caring or following up or appreciating what they were doing And so the second time they came, they were really concerned if this one donkey had remembered them. Mm, Um, And it really seemed like the donkey did and was kind of making all these, I don't know, moves to to be near this person, willing to, you know, let them pet them and and be with them. Um, But no matter what the donkey did, this person kept being like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me. (laughs) They don't like me. They don't remember me. And like, I was seeing a totally different story, but they kept feeling like uh, they still don't like me. And so towards the end of the session, this client went over um, and basically like said goodbye to the donkey and was like, you know, thank you for the session or whatever. And then they turned around to walk to the other end of the the dirt arena um, to go to the exit. And the donkey um, like put its head on the client and walked with him all the way to the um, other end of the ring yes. uh, with its head on him. Mm-hmm. And the client just like burst into tears because it was like you know, he kept having this narrative, this story of like, nobody cares, but he was missing it. And even when people did care and did show up, he like, couldn't even see it. He couldn't even feel it. Yeah. And so it was so, it was so profound. And the donkey was fucking magic. It's a fucking, like, you think it's a fucking donkey and it's magic. I tell people, I'm like, honestly, I don't have a crystal ball. It's, it's the, it's the equines that are literally telling you right there what their experience is of you. No judgment, no bias, just what's right there in front of you. 
And it's incredible. I mean, time and time again, you know, I was such a um, scientist, so to speak, when I, when I started doing this work, I knew I loved horses and I knew they helped me, but I was like, okay, why? And is this really, come on, is this woo woo stuff? Like, what is this really about? For 12 years, time and time again, I get goosebumps. You know, when I see these moments and the incredible shift, it's like a cha-ching, it's like a click because we bring in our relationships, whether it's with an animal, a human, whatever, we bring our, our past, our, our traumas, our, our internal world, and you know, even our upbringing, all of that comes into a relationship with us. And the more conscious we can become, then we have the power to make shifts, to make some actionable changes. And I think that's where the, the horses come in. They, it's like they shine a light on those unconscious areas like, hey, look over here. How about looking over there? Pay attention to this. Um, I, had a, I had a client that, I have so many stories I could tell you, but just one that is coming up for me right now. I had a client that you know, had pretty serious sexual trauma early in her life. And I started seeing her first doing uh, traditional talk therapy And like I said earlier, there was a plateau. It was like, okay, we've talked about all this stuff. How can we really help her make a shift? She really wanted to be in a romantic relationship. She had never really been in one. She'd had friends, but, you know, she never really um, could open, invite in a romantic relationship. And she desperately longed for it. Really, really would talk about it every session. I want this. I really am ready. I really want this. But when she came out into the arena and we did an exercise in the round pen with one of our uh, alpha mares. And for people who don't know, the round pen is basically kind of what it sounds like. It's like a circular dirt enclosed area where you do where you can do therapy. (laughs) Right, right. And, And what's great about it is it's just you and one horse. So where there are other activities in the big arena with maybe other people or other horses and obstacle courses and all that, the round pen is really about the relationship between you and the other, the horse. Mm -hmm. And for this client, all I asked her to do was, all right, we're going to go in and we're going to connect. And often with equine assisted psychotherapy activities, we don't give a whole lot of direction. We don't do a lot of horsemanship. We don't do, okay, you know, first do this, then do that. It's more open so that it's about the experience of, well, I don't know how to do this. How do I, how do I navigate those unknowns? And no right or wrong. It's just about what works, what doesn't, and, the exper- and how the experience impacts you. So she was in the round pen. She was kind of looking at me like, what, Natasha? How am I supposed to connect with this huge horse? What are you talking about? And within a moment, the horse walked right to her like beelined it for her, right up to her. And immediately she took a step back. Mm. Her body reacted uh, without her mind. You know, it's, it's almost like with, P- with trauma, PTSD, it's in our bodies. It's not, you know, we can't talk our way through it. So her body had this visceral reaction of, oh my goodness, connection isn't safe. Closeness mm. is terrifying. That horse coming up to her was trying to connect with her. She didn't even realize that because she had let her her guard down and wasn't overthinking, she was just kind of in there going, huh, 
what is this all, all about? That horse walked right up to her. And by backing up, we had an incredible conversation about how scary intimacy is. Um, how much like she wasn't really as ready for a connection as she thought. Right. And it, it just changed the work. It, it opened it all up and deepened it. Um, you know, Esther Perel has a great uh, way. She says intimacy into me, see. And that's, I think, what the horses can really provide. They just see you. They don't, um, they don't judge us by our external appearances. You know, humans are the only animal that have a persona, that mask we wear. Um, and show the world. Horses, they, they don't care if you're having a good hair day, bad hair day, rich, famous, poor or not, what kind of job you have, you know, how cool your clothes are. None of that matters to them. What matters to them is, is on the inside. And a lot of times I think with trauma, the little traumas and the big traumas of life, we get really disconnected from that inner self. And by being with these instinctual beings, we can get back in touch with that. And then Mm. our insides and outsides can match up more closely. What we call that congruence where the inside and outside matches up versus being incongruent. You know, when we're incongruent and our outside, the outside world is seeing one thing and our insides are, are feeling another. We can feel, those are the moments where we say, you know, I feel lost. I don't know who I am. Um, and so, for that, that session, just that moment bridged uh, so much that we had talked about in the office. This episode is sponsored by Field. The best part is I already had the app before they sponsored the show. And if you don't know, Field is the alternative dating app for couples and singles. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by using the link in the episode's description. And even better, when you use our link in the description on an iPhone, you'll get 50% off the first three months of Field's Majestic membership. Although originally designed to connect folks seeking threesome experiences, it's become a dating and friend-finding community for awesome, ethical, and honest people seeking to connect and explore their desires. I've met some awesome friends and play partners while using Field. I see you, Altadina Daddy. Don't worry, that's not his username. I know you're listening. The app is inclusive to all, no matter your gender or orientation. When you join, you can choose to identify from over 20-plus genders and sexualities. The New York Times even wrote that Field's options, quote, put the Kinsey scale to shame. If you are tired of the heteronormative binary dating apps, then Field is definitely for you. Nonconformity and shame-free individuality is what Field is all about, and it's a great opportunity to explore yourself and your desires even more. And great news, you can download the Field app for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description. Even better, when you use our link in the description, you'll get that 50% off for the first three months of Field's Majestic membership, which gives you premium features like seeing who has liked you. The Majestic discount only works on iPhones right now, but anyone with a smartphone can download Field for free today by clicking the link in the episode's description. And I guarantee you when you use this app, you may want to re-up your lube supply. So I'm glad to be sponsored again by Uber Lube. And remember, lube is your best friend. It is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body safe ingredients. And in that case, nothing beats Uber Lube. Right now, they're offering Sluts and Scholars listeners a special 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. 
And it's not just for genital stimulation. It's also great for massages and even for frizzy hair like mine. Just make sure you check if it's compatible with the condom or toy that you may want to use. And for sensitive folks, it's great as it's unscented with no flavor and has vitamin E and is free from nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Also, it doesn't stain your sheets, so you can put that laundry off for as many days as you'd like. And right now they are offering Sluts and Scholars listeners 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use promo code S&S at U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it was really powerful and, and really, like you said, the body responds. We can kind of logic and talk our way through stuff as, as much as we can. And if we're I mean, I think any like intelligent being can kind of talk themselves out of or into things, but it's not enough to like shift the body. Um, it's exactly. so funny that you're talking about like connection because sometimes when I tell people like, oh, I'm a sex therapist and I specialize in sex therapy mm-hmm. and I also do equine therapy, people get like this weird like bestiality thought of like, well, <laughs> how, how do you do both of those? Right. Things? What is that so about? I think, yeah, this is an example of that it's about connection so obviously this you know client isn't trying to date the horse um but they are you know the horse is kind of stepping in as a stand-in relationship as a stand-in partner and and highlighting these relational themes that come up for folks absolutely something something that i struggle with i think in my own therapy and a lot of my clients do is they come in and they're like tell me what to do and fix this for me. Maybe not in so many words, but that's kind of the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of this modality of equine therapy, and you're saying there's a lot of like just kind of stepping back, you know, and letting the client kind of figure things out and letting things happen, how do clients deal with that? Do they push back a lot? I find it hard sometimes to be to be silent. Yeah, it, it is really challenging. And, and boy, was it a journey for me to, you know, hold back and my need to help and kind of fix things for others. So I learned, uh, I've learned so much through this whole process of, of doing this type of work, but it's a great, it's a great question. I think the way I handle it is, you know, I'll explore it. I'll explore. That's the beauty of the experiential work in the moment because something comes up unexpected. And so when somebody's like, well, just tell me how to do it. It's like, well, my way of doing it might be totally different than yours. My way of being in a relationship and connecting could be different Mm -hmm. than yours. Yes, there are basic themes like being present, being focused in the moment, allowing, inviting, but it's, it's their journey. And then we can, we can explore that a little further. Like, okay, when you were growing up, how did you handle things that you didn't know how to do? Or did you have maybe a parent who always told you what to do and never gave you space to um, kind of figure things out, be independent? So a lot of what we do in the arena is about play. It's about play, being in those unknown moments and kind of grappling with it. You know, you might make a mistake. Okay, so what do you want to do differently? That horse walked away from you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's look at maybe what was going on for you. Were you, you know, distracted or were you feeling nervous and you just didn't know you were feeling nervous and and that's okay. It's not about judgment or being critical. It's just noticing more self-awareness. 
And what's really interesting is oftentimes, like you were saying, the, the horses and donkeys uh, become people in our lives. So it's so interesting when they become, you know, significant others. Oh, that, that horse there is totally my husband. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that one there is my, my kid or my parent. And you can play with exploring those relationships with that particular horse. Yeah, and and I like to think that, like I said, that they're magical creatures that kind of know what they're doing, but sometimes they're just like doing them, and they just become these, like you said, these mirrors of reflection, right? So they could just be going over to like go pee somewhere, and then it's like nothing, you know, they're not trying to like have you have this insight, but it can bring things up in so many different people. Like, let's say, you know, equine is going to walk over and go pee. One reaction I've seen is, um, oh, they don't like me. Uh-huh. Uh, like before they see that they're going to pee, they think like, oh, they're leaving me. Um, they're abandoning me here. They don't want to hang out. They clearly don't like me. And then they see that they're just peeing. Um, some people will say like, oh, it's so good that they could make this boundary. They're taking care of themselves. I haven't been practicing self-care. Um, I mean, there's so, there's so many ways that people like interpret it, exactly. interpret their behavior too. Exactly. It's so great. You know, with one client that, that very issue came up, I think the horse was leaving to go, to go to eat, eat some hay or some grass that was on the ground. And that client felt deeply rejected. Mm. And once we explored it, you know, she had talked about the rejections she had felt in her life when her dad had left the family. Um, and then we got to, so we don't just stay in the past, right? This is experiential work. It's not just, you know, although I love psychoanalysis, it's not just exploring the past. It's how is the past or different experiences from your life impacting you in the present? So because we were able to notice this feeling of rejection, she then drew some parallels like, oh, wow, actually, I often feel that way in the guys I'm dating. I often feel that they're rejecting me when actually maybe that guy just didn't pick up the phone because, you know, he was working or yeah, they were just she was just hungry or hungry. <laughs> I was just hungry. So how are we bringing these different pieces of ourselves into our relationships and where are those patterns no longer working for us? And how can we, you know find some new ways of doing things that actually are more effective in relationship. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, we, we are biased. Um, and <laughs> I think this could be helpful for lots of different folks, but what kind of presenting issues do you think it can be like most helpful for, or just helpful for in general? You know, I've seen, I've seen so many different people from CEOs of companies that just want to learn more leadership, assertiveness, um, how to be a collaborative leader, uh, how to have their build their confidence, their voice to, you know, kids dealing with bullying, how to set boundaries or how to make friends. Some kids that have really struggled with making friends or again, adults that are struggling uh, in their relationships, how to make and maintain a relationship. I think one of the cornerstones, um, and you and I have talked about this before uh, around equine therapy is that relational dance not just about connection, but about boundaries too. Mm-hmm. And, and how that relational dance um, shows up in your life and how you want it to be. You know, I think Khalil Gibran said it beautifully, you know, drink together, not of the same cup, 
where a relation, a healthy relationship is that dance of connection and boundaries. And the horses really, and donkeys, sorry, I'm leaving them out. I keep saying horses. The equines really um, teach us that. They do it in their herd. You know, just observing horses and watching their herd dynamics is amazing. You see how they deeply can just be together and just can breathe. We call it undemanding time. They can just sit and be and just, mm. they vibe. Or you see how they also have a hierarchy. You know, the alpha male, alpha female, the one of them saying, hey, move over here, or hey, we gotta get going. There's something, there's danger, let's, let's move along. And they set boundaries with each other. They communicate so clearly. So, you know, I've seen people benefit um, from all, all sorts of different issues and areas of their life from, again, trauma, I work a lot with depression and anxiety because some of those unconscious dynamics can come alive in the arena. And mm. also, you know, with clients that um, are struggling, maybe they have res some resistance to therapy and mm -hmm. they just, you know, they don't want to talk about it. It's like, all right, you know what? We don't have to talk about it right now. We can just go out there, do, be, and observe and experience and kind of go through the back door to make their lives and their relationships better. Yeah. And with trauma, what do you think is maybe most helpful? Is it just the like regulating of the nervous system that sort of is required to work with the equines? I love that question. Yeah. Actually, I've been doing more and more research on it. You know, um, Peter Levine's work, um, Bessel van der Kolk's work. Yeah, and for folks who don't know Peter Levine, check out, um, oh gosh, what's the book? Waking, Waking the Tiger. Waking the Tiger, yeah, that's a classic. Yes, check out Waking the Tiger, check out Polyvagal Theory. It's really awesome to get to know and learn your nervous system yes. so that you can be aware of like where you're, where you're at. You know, because a lot of times we're in fight, flight, or freeze response and we, we don't even know it. And so we, we judge ourselves, we think that we're just being an asshole or we're being lazy or we're unmotivated. Um, but really it's a trauma response. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, as we talked about earlier, the experiential work, right? It's not just about talking, but it's about the experience, which brings in the body. And so much of those, you know, amazing researchers on trauma talk about bringing the body into it. Um, and so, I think what's really powerful is, like you said, it, it brings the nervous system into play. So, for example, if you are having trouble regulating your emotions, regulate, you know, you have anxiety, your nervous system gets into hyper arousal, your body, you can practice in real time how to bring your nervous system back to baseline, like we say, in the window of tolerance helping your parasympathetic nervous system kick back in. So a great example I do all the time with kids and adults is, you know, we have some horses that can get anxious at times. And so help, if you can help a horse calm and relax, you're actually using your body to help them relax. You have to deep breathe. The horse reflects that. You have to slow everything down. The horse responds. So for some people where it's hard to approach that directly, or maybe it hasn't worked in certain um, types of therapy, they actually work with the horse to practice that. And it's incredible how horses can also feel our heartbeat four feet away. 
And just by, sometimes just by being around them, our blood pressure and heart rate lower. Yeah, just co- co-regulating. I mean, that's something that I think is a really great skill to learn if and when you're in partnership with somebody. It's obviously you can amp each other up yes. when you're in a, an argument and trigger each other, but you can also regulate each other down together. Yes. Great, great point. And, and that's so cool because we do some activities where, you know, we're helping the horses build some courage. Maybe, you know, they get scared of certain obstacles or tarps or things that can look like predators, flashy things. Um, and so if you can help that horse regulate and face its fear, again, you're practicing that in your own body, slowing down, uh, breathing, using mindfulness skills. And so it's, very, it's a very powerful method. And sometimes we don't know when we are amping up and the horse reflects that for us. So it comes back to that idea of just self-awareness. Maybe you don't know your body's starting to get into that hyperarousal mode. I talk about it with the kids, like you're going from green to, to yellow to orange, but your horse is letting you know. Maybe from a relaxed body state, their head's going up, their ears are going forward, they're getting tense. And so it's that, again, that back to that mirror idea. You get to see right there. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. This horse is letting me know something about myself maybe I'm not aware of. And it brings you back mm-hmm. to tuning in. Again, mindfulness, such a great, great tool and skill to learn coming back to the present moment. And what about people who are like too terrified to even go near the horse? And I'm, I, uh, I did it when I first started doing this. I got asked to do some practice sessions and uh, my grandma wanted to come check it out. And she is terrified of animals. She grew up in New York, hates dogs, hate, but she still wanted to try it. And I was like, Good okay. Um, and so she went in and, and did it. Um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who have never seen a big animal before. Um, or worked with animals or have learned that animals are a threat, you know, to them. So like, can it be useful for people who are like too terrified to even touch them at first? (laughs) I think so. I think so. Absolutely. Because, you know, first of all, one big thing is we do talk a lot about safety, even though we don't give, and when it comes to safety, we do give some specifics, you know, horses kick, horses bite, all those things. But um, we do come back to you know, what is that? What are you afraid of? You know, what are you imagining is scary? And yeah, what else is scary in your life? How's that getting in the way? Exactly. And self-agency. So a lot of times if our fears can hijack us. So coming out to the ranch, it's like, okay, let's practice some ways that you can keep yourself safe and, and have the agency to make some choices here. If you don't want to go up to one of the big horses first, go up to one of the mini ones. If you just want to sit and watch for a while, sit and watch for a while. If you want to hold boundaries, we show you how to create some energy to hold your your space. And so I think that you can come at it a number of ways depending on on the issue. And people people often go, well, if I'm afraid, the horse isn't going to like me. So I'm going to pretend I'm not afraid. And I think that comes back to that idea of congruence where actually horses will respond Uh, more positively to you. They may have their reaction if you're anxious or afraid, but they will feel safer around you when you're being yourself, when your insides and outsides are matching up and you just kind of own it. Okay. I'm afraid, you know, maybe. And when you shift, because going back to that, like predator prey thing that you were talking about, 
they view us as predators. And in the wild, predators are often pretending to be something that they're not, you know, pretending to sleep when really they're going to attack you, um, pretending not exactly. to be seen exactly. um, when they're, you know, coming for you. Oh, I lost you there. That's okay. I was just talking about the predator, uh, predator relationship, why that's important for the congruence. Yes, absolutely. I think that's, that's such a, another great learning point, um, about how they respond to us and, you know, people that have come out and they've been very afraid, very anxious. I've, I, I've had kids for weeks and weeks. So, so afraid adults as well. Um, and over time, as they start facing whatever those fears are, giving themselves some time, also developing tools where they feel safe. So they know how to handle a, a difficult situation. You know, if a horse spooks, I'm going to get out of the way. If a horse gets too close to me, and um, this is great for, for trauma also. Um, like we talked about with the previous client, one of the big things for her was, well, I, I would like to learn closeness um, and feel more comfortable in intimacy, but I'm also really afraid of, you know, will I be able to hold my boundaries because her boundaries had been so just pummeled um, right. in the past. And so the more she felt like, okay, you know what? I have the agency to hold boundaries. She felt safer in those moments of closeness and connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, look, if you've been listening and you're like, oh, this all sounds too like theoretic, you know, if it's hard to like know exactly what we mean by this, like go get, it is experiential, go get that experience. I remember I was trying to explain equine therapy at first to my partner and he was like, I was also like new at it and he was just not getting it. And I was like, well, just fucking Google it, you know? (laughs) That's such a good but, point. And I, I spent, don't respond that way. Just um, if you're open to it, maybe go get the experience. So how can how can folks um, look into this for themselves? How can folks get in touch with you um, or start having these experiences to take their mental health work to the next level? Uh, great. I love that. Um, so you can actually Google us, www.standandbalance.com. We have a ton of literature on our website, some videos um, that can also kind of give you an actual picture. You know, I've spent years trying to explain uh, concisely this, this work, but again, it just, you have to experience it to really get it. Um, so signing up for a session, you know, thankfully everything is outdoors with this work. So, and we have incredible COVID uh, protocols in place to keep everyone safe and everything super sanitized. Uh, And we do, you know, individual sessions, family sessions, couples, workshops, all of that. And um, even if you want to learn a little bit more about connection and what we were talking about today, our blog for this month is all about connection and it has six Mm -hmm. tips on how to develop more connection in your life and some, some more cool stories of how the horses have helped people do that. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for joining me. And, You're so um, welcome. Thank you for having connecting, me. Connecting with me. And again, if you want to follow what I'm doing at Sluts and Scholars, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. And yeah, check out Stand and Balance. You will find me there as well for equine therapy. We're so blessed to have you. <laughs> yeah, I'm biased, but I, I uh, think it's really awesome work. So thanks so much, everyone. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you.